Like Vasquez said in Aliens, let's rock. If you're new to the tribe, rads across the table, Rich is behind the mix. My name is Yanni Bormeister. We are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unified Movement System, the only online program that balances strength, flexibility, and fitness in an efficient 60-minute workout so you can unleash your inner athlete. Your daily coaching by us, plus our epic gym and home UMS programs, extensive exercise library, private coaching group, and weekly coaching calls. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get your first month free. Before we get started, big warm welcome if you're watching on the Unity Gym YouTube channel. Remember to hit that like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. I'm super excited to announce that joining us today, we have Aaron McKenzie from Origin of Energy and Phil White from ADPT Physio. And for those of you that didn't know, Aaron started working in the fitness industry in 1998, first as a martial artist, then moving into face-to-face personal training, then small group training. Now he splits his time running Origin of Energy, both face-to-face online, where he specializes in movement and lifestyle coaching. Aaron has managed his own gym in Bondi, coached professional athletes, taught international workshops, and certified personal trainers with his own education courses. And there's probably no one in this world that I've had a longer friendship with that share more in common with. Aaron and I, uh, Aaron's a month older than me. We went to high school together. We met in year seven. We moved... Slightly better looking than you. Yeah, slightly, <laughs> only slightly. We met in uh, year seven. We moved out of home together when we were uh, 18 or yeah. 19, straight after high school. Uh, we trained, we started martial arts together. He introduced me to Capoeira. I introduced him to Kung Fu. Um, he tried to get me to become a personal trainer with him uh, back in 1998, but I was too fixated on becoming a movie star. And so I followed in his footsteps five years later. And um, yeah, it's good to have you on the show, man. Good to see you again. Great to be here. And you forgot the most important accolade. He's the only human being other than your wife who's managed to live with you happily for five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we did live together. Oh, it was probably, long, yeah, it was pretty much that long. Almost that long, yeah. Years, yeah. I don't know how, I use the well, word happily. Back, huh? I use the word <laughs> happily very loosely. Well, uh, no, I mean, we were 18 when we moved out of home yeah. together, so 43 now. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Welcome to the show, Azza. Thank you. Right, we've got a, welcome me. welcome to the show, show yep. Phil. Cheers, always welcome. good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Yanni, we've, so, we've got a good question for you today. Yanni's yeah, this is, this is continuing in our 2021 wrap-up uh, Unity Gym Tribe Q&A podcast series. So we have put the questions out to our tribe. And before we go into this question, I just want to frame just for a minute why it's Aaron that's answering this question and not anybody else. <laughs> out of anyone I know, I don't know anybody that walks the talk as much as Aaron does. He's somebody that has inspired me to make massive changes in my health because him and I grew up together and did so much together. And then as we went through our 20s, I could see him just becoming healthier than me. And I needed to, uh, I needed to learn <laughs> something. better in every way. And, uh, <laughs> and there was a period of time, do you remember when I became a personal trainer? Because I was about yeah. five years behind you and I was calling you up every night. Yeah. As a, how do you do this? What do you cook with that? How do you do that? And you got, you said, man, you're going to have to just start coming to my gym and training with me. I can't take these calls yeah. all the time. And then you harassed but, all the staff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Then I harassed all the staff as well. But no, it, it's had a massive impact on my health, which has then in turn, you know, trickled down through what we do at Unity Gym and with Yanni as well. Um, but Reese, what, like, when I've ever asked you about what it is that you do, Aaron, you, you've always said that whatever I do to pass on to my clients, I try on myself for six months first. Hmm. And that's a really big thing in the health and fitness industry. There's, uh, and when you say you try it, you, you don't just try it, you do it. Hmm. I mean, recently, 
um, you wanted to try the carnivore diet for yourself. Mm -hmm. And for six months, you were 95% animal products doing nose to tail, mm -hmm. basically. Um, so not just going to the shop and, you know, buying cold cuts and mm -hmm. T-bone steaks, but buying a lamb and eating oh, every part of it. Yeah, from, for, it was a whole year. Yeah, it was a whole year, was it? Yeah. Well, it was out of that nine months was 100% strict, which was just one body of beef, two bodies of lamb. Yep. nothing else in nine months and and that's all i ate yeah at salt magnesium yeah nothing else and then after the nine months i had a bit of honey had a, added a few things in which i can talk you through but but yeah i just wanted to test that out you yeah. know does it work yep and just just before you only ask the question because i think this is really relevant why did you do that what was your what was your motivation behind doing that i had a like a, a an autoimmune condition yeah I uh, had like inflammatory processes that were occurring in my body and I just couldn't quite shake them. Like I'm really you know, healthy, as you know, and uh, really conscious of what I eat and consume and everything that I'm doing. And it, I just couldn't quite shake them. And uh, so I thought, you know, I'd heard about it for probably around five years. Mm. Um, you know, mentioned people saying, oh, you know, this, this works really well for these type of conditions. And, and I, thought, I always thought it was a bit too extreme. I always had the logic that, you know, you let the animals be the nutrient condensers and you consume them. So you're basically outsourcing that. And that made sense to me. But I still in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, you know, you need a little bit of vegetables and fruit for probiotics and, you know, just some diversity in your diet and we're omnivores and all of that. So I kind of dismissed the extremeness of it. Uh, and, you know, there's all the enjoyable so-called healthy paleo foods that everyone kind of gets into. Um, so you switch off all your kind of normal sweets and you switch to, you know, cacao and coconut and all these things, which are great and they're most likely a better option. Uh, but I found that I just was still had this kind of in inflammation in my body. And, and then that worked. You know, it like, worked, yeah. You, like you got like rid it of probably took a, Yeah, yeah, totally. And and just the, the last thing that I'll say, mm. just to, to frame all this before you do the question, when you when you refer to um, the animals being the processors, for those that don't understand what Aaron means, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people will talk about that you must get these nutrients from uh, vegetables and there's no other way to get it. But mm -hmm. what you mean by the animals being the processors is that the animals that have, you yeah. know, several stomachs can process these nutrients yeah. better and then we can extract yeah. them. And, and that's just efficiency like in any model, like you're just trying to outsource that work. Like, why do it yourself if you mm. don't let somebody else do it? And and they condense that nutrition and all, you know, like they're just like batteries basically, they're just harvested sunlight yeah. with all the micro and macronutrients combined through that sunlight process, you know, so sun shining on the earth, photosynthesis, water falling from the sky, them consuming the, the growth that occurs through photosynthesis and the relationship with the bacteria and the microorganisms and the minerals in the soil going into what they're eating and then converting that into their flesh, their fat, their bones, their tissues. And, you know, I've known, like, and said this all along, one of my key, my, my key statements to people is that a human being is an expression of a healthy ecosystem. And if you really think about what that is, like, if you want to be healthy, you've got to attach yourself to a healthier ecosystem. So if you, if you kind of just eat processed food, you're eating, you know, you don't have nice air, you're not drinking good water, then if you want optimal health, you've got to shift that. So for me, it's like, well, I can just simplify this. <laughs> One body of beef, two bodies of lamb, I know where they come from. Whereas, you know, all these people promoting superfoods, they're vegan, they're whatever, they don't have a clue where their food comes from. They're eating from all over the planet. Mm. You know, and they're completely dependent on a system that doesn't care about their health, it just cares about profits like margins 
you know, on volume, economies of scale, so that, you know, how much can I produce and how much of a margin can I make on that cacao and this next superfood on, you know, transporting this from one place on the earth to another place and stockpiling it. You know, when you think of food products, they're just, they're, they're a form of um, energy that's being condensed and just put to put on a shelf that that way they can keep making a profit off it. Whereas a living ecosystem and a food that's alive, you know, you consume it when it's living and or when, it, you know, like you, you're not processing it to the point that it's losing a lot of its value uh, and that allows for you to, to have that optimal health. Just on the practicalities of it, um, with sourcing the, the beef mm-hmm. and the lamb, how did you go about doing that? Well, I'm fortunate because I've been into this for a long time. Like I've got a lot of connections there with farmers and people um, within maybe a three hour radius of Sydney. So for probably at least, yeah, well, most of the time that I've been doing this, I've been thinking in that way. Food's always been a big part of movement for me. Like it was just the, the obvious thing that it had to, or even before I became a personal trainer, and I was very much inclined to choose better options for what I put in my body. And then um, once I kind of realized that you just want to get more connected to source, um, so I have some really good friends that are farmers, so I can just go to their farm and, you know, want that one there and <laughs> break that body down. And, and I just had basically a chest freezer um, so I could get quarter body at a time delivered to me from him. And I used to um, give him all of my um, uh, stainless steel containers. So it was kind of, it was also the, the reason why I did it was to wanted to test it out, but also just to see if it was possible and also you know, like you hear everybody, oh, you know, you, your your diet or whatever is better for the earth, it's better for health, it's better that. And I just wanted to be as extreme as I could and test it and see how viable it was. And and it's, um, yeah, I don't think anyone can argue with it when, when you're doing it to that extremeness, um, whether they want to or not, it's their choice. But, you know, in terms of being able to have that connection to an ecosystem and knowing where your food comes from and understanding that there's no waste in that system, um, in terms of packaging, processing, marketing, transporting, refrigerating, everything. I was just farm, processed, me, freezer, eat it over nine months. <laughs> That's it. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Eating nose to tail is the, the big one there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're Can't eating a whole animal, you know, well, using all the bones. Let's ask the question yeah. now yeah. Um, so that they know what they're in for. <laughs> <laughs> so this one comes, it's, it's two questions came through out of the myriad of questions and I narrowed it down to the, as many as we could get for one podcast a fortnight. And when these two questions came in, I was like, we have to get Aaron on this uh, on this podcast. So the first one comes from Blakely Hernage from the UMS Online Coaching Group. And Blakely's one of our administrators. He's uh, from the US. He's asked, are organ meats underrated or overrated? And what are the best meats to eat? And is meat unhealthy at all? Uh, like, is it true that meat is mm. sort of, un- um, you know, there's a lot of people saying that, I you know, you've got to go vegan or vegetarian. I'd love, oh yeah, I'd love to know Aaron's opinion on that one because, um, yeah, if anybody's going to answer that question, they, uh, if anybody's going to ask that question, maybe we should start with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, for you. and then the second question, which I actually think we can we can bring into the same discussion, uh, who's come from Blakely as well, uh, from the UMS Online Coaching Group. 
has asked, should you really avoid polyunsaturated fatty acids, i.e. canola oil, sunflower oil, etc., and why? But so that's, we can get to that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. they're yeah. all linked they're anyway. Very, they're very, very inter similar. intertwined. Yeah, we can exactly. start with, is meat bad for you? Because anybody that's listening, there are people out there that really believe that meat's bad mm. for you. And there's going to be people listening to this thinking, oh my God, nine months, you know, with nothing but animal products. How many animals died? But, <laughs> but how, I killed three animals, yeah. guys. Yeah. And, and That's how, it. In 12 months, I killed three animals. Yeah. And how yeah. often did how many you, did you kill? That's yeah. the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how and how um uh how often did you get your bloods tested? I only tested that? three times yeah. in that period. Yeah, so and only so only every three months. Um, yeah. which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah like most, I did most, it for that. Most, like most, most people do it maybe every couple of years or yeah. until they're really sick. That's yeah. like, oh, or maybe when I'll the doctor tells them, them they I wanted to know what it did and what happened. And what did you notice? Was there any changes in your markets? Everything improved, except what people think is bad. Which is cholesterol. <laughs> yeah, it went through the roof. Yep. Um, yeah. And, you know, like people can argue and have assumptions about that. But in and of itself, cholesterol is very beneficial for the body. Yeah. And then you're looking at LDL, HDL ratio, ratios. And if your HDL is high, then there's no issue. What was your HDL when it, was, when it went through the roof? <sighs> I know total was 10. But my HDL was like way above. Yeah. Triglycerides were non-existent. Yeah. My fasting insulin was non-existent. Um, it's funny because I look like a type 1 diabetic because my insulin was so low. Mm. But it just wasn't using it yeah. um, you know, with it. So, and I felt awesome. Um, there was one problematic thing, and, and that really kind of, you know, just to cut through it and get to that, is that uh, I think everyone's different um, and... There was a point when the electrolytes became an issue, yeah. and that that was my only beef with it. Yeah, beef. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, and, um, that was the only thing that I had a problem with was uh, the cramps. Yeah. Um, but as soon that was easily remedied with, with uh, I just had some raw honey, yep. which you know is technically carnival. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but shit. Yeah, but but you know, and I and I've added, you know, I just have white rice, have fruit, and mm. I don't have a lot of plant matter, but I just, I do have carbohydrates. I don't think carbohydrates in and of themselves are a problem. You know, everyone's really kind of hell bent on demonizing them. Mm -hmm. They, you know, like if, if you're having them and you're using up the glycogen that's within your liver and in your muscles every day and you're just replenishing that, there's, you know, there's no issue. It's the issue is, is obviously if you've got excess and it's spilling and over. And using it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, you know, you're just getting hyperglycemia mm. from excess spilling over. Yeah. Um, so that's damaging you. Meat itself, yeah, I think it's you know it's very nutrient dense. I mean that's why we're here. Mm. There's no way we'd be here without eating meat. Yeah. I mean, it, fire and meat yeah. <laughs> are our two biggest things that make us human. You know, and our ability to manage those things. You know, people have this concept that we're hunter and gatherers and we go and fight animals with our bare hand, and it's just like no, we used our brains. There's yeah. a reason why we're here. That's the why. I wouldn't call for anyone else. That's all right. <laughs> Just gonna be. You're gonna have to explain yeah. what you can answer now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, that's uh, Aaron's wife. Yeah, and the boss, the boss has called. If there's anyone that's gonna stop a podcast, is my boss. Calls. You're not. You're not ranting. I, I have a. I have a. I have a Russian wife, guys. So um, yeah, it's like double. This he, is, he gets really scared. You can see yeah. the look on his face. Uh, there's only one thing. That, white. Only one thing that scares me. <laughs> so so you would on that note with electrolytes would you then not recommend what you did for someone like phil who's tr training for a um a um what do you call half, half iron man or yeah. would you say that you can 
uh, compensate for that with with other things you know you got to I mean, um no you, look you can do it people can do it and there's obviously heaps of people out there that are doing it and staying carnivore i just don't i wouldn't recommend it um personally um and you and you would say that you um uh you, like it worked for the reasons that you did it or was yeah. it just more it worked i've worked, to experiment well. and I've worked for for the main issues that i had for inflammation amazing yeah right. for everything else except for the electrolyte issue and and the problems that and they only came on they started to come on at about the three month mark yeah so all it was was kind of just mild kind of muscular cramps, but then they got worse and worse. And then what happens over time is that you get um, electrolyte deficiency to the point where you can feel it. It's messing with your heart rate yep. and you're sleeping. And that's I'm where, and, and about, yeah, sorry, yeah, about right. at the, the nine month mark, that's when I felt it. And that's why I integrated mm -hmm. carbohydrates and, put, and putting them back in just allowed for that insulin surge. And the reason why that's so important is because insulin allows for you to retain electrolytes. Yeah. So if you don't have it, and, and like if you're doing it for short periods, and it's not an yep. issue at all, but for long periods without insulin, and I'm talking, you know, that long, you know, going in ketosis over and over again. I mean, you going in and out because when you're having, I was, and I did it extreme in the sense that I wanted to do it for a set amount. So I was only eating 800 grams a day mm. of meat, which isn't a lot. Yeah. Um, but that was inclusive of, animal fat. So the fat is very energy dense. Mm. So I was still having around 2000 calories a day. Mm. Um, I did lose a little bit of weight on it, but it, I just wanted to test the whole thing. Like, could I live on this and for how long? And it was kind of a preempt everything that's happening now. You know, like if I go out, um, if you, anyone gets stuck in a wild, what do you know you can eat? Animals, if you, huh? tree yeah, bark. You <laughs> have, if, you, if you look at the plant kingdom, you don't have a clue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's like, like, unless you're a local to the area, there's just no way. Like most of the plant things are going to kill you. Um, it's only the domesticated plants that we can actually make use of. Um, whereas if you kill an animal and you eat the flesh, once you get past the skin, you know you're going to survive. It's not going to kill you. Mm. Um, whereas plants, you know, like, and that's why we have the culinary art. So you have to be very respectful of that. Like all the traditional cultures, soaked, sprouted, fermented, had all these different methods of processing plant foods to make them digestible. Yeah. Uh, and that's awesome. That's why we're, you know, we're om omnivores and we made use of the environments that we're in and we figured it out with, you know, trial and error and, you know, people around us <laughs> dying. dying. <laughs> and so we could, so we could oh, be no, here. Bob didn't but well. still, it's happening at, the, at a mass yeah. level it's now. now. Yeah. Oh, man, big time. So we're all, um, we're, we're still, all part we're of the, still trial and error, uh, figuring things big time, out. Big time. But, but, you know, like adding back in a certain amount of carbohydrates periodically definitely allows you to retain the electrolytes better. And then you, like, you, that got rid of the, the side effect that I had with it. Um, in terms of my health, like all my blood markers looked awesome. The cholesterol thing, I went and got a CAC scan done, you know, a coronary artery calcium score done. I was and just I had about zero. to ask that. Yeah. Um, I've got a video that kind of details so, the whole process. So that that yeah, measures online. the elasticity of the artery for everyone who doesn't. And any calcium know, builder. And any so calcium they're doing, they're doing the, the scan and they can see any, and it was yeah. none there. Like yeah. I've and, it had a high fat diet my, you know, and this is, my life. And this is what I meant before. And I'm saying this for our audience, what I meant about I don't know anybody that has as much skin in the game as you that really tests this stuff on yourself. Yeah. And because I've known you for so long, um, I mean, that's your story of nine months on the carnivore diet, but I've watched you consume what a lot of people would consider 
not not high amounts in terms of the total amount of calories or the total amount of food that you're eating yeah. in a day, but out of the calories that you are eating, a lot of them are coming from animal products oh, yeah, yeah. For, for, for decades now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I've longer, and I've and I've asked you questions right. that the whole time. Yeah. I've I've watched what your health looks like from the outside, and you've shown me your bloods and talked yeah, me yeah. through it. So there's very few. Well, there's actually no one that I know, no one that comes close to your experience of doing this on yourself, getting the level of testing that you've been doing. So, um, you know. Now Maybe it's any, normal though. Now most people are like a lot of the people in our world now in the health world are, and fitness world yeah, are definitely. into it. Yeah. But you were doing you know, it when it wasn't. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Though, no, you were having eggs, raw eggs, <laughs> remember, before. Remember that twenty-five eggs a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, used to do, I used to do thirty raw eggs a day, yeah. kilo of raw meat, and three liters of raw milk. That yeah. was when I was. That was when trying you were to get in the bodybuilding. Big, really trying to get as big as I could. Got up to ninety. Yeah. No, no, I got I got to hundred. You got to. I got to ninety-nine point point eight, and Gus beat me. Gus <laughs> beat you, did he? Because yeah. <laughs> we used to weigh in yeah. and we'd just crack raw eggs on our, on our bottom teeth and swallow them yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And one day we were like that close and it's like, okay, let's just, just have some more raw milk. Yeah, yeah. So we were there just trying to drink as much as we could to just get our weight to try and get over. <laughs> oh, that's oh, good. Okay, During so, this time, sorry, yeah, um, yeah. You go, did you change your training much? Like, because... uh, yeah, well, uh, I found like around at the beginning, the training was pretty much normal. But then you get to a point where you feel a bit more depleted. So then you can't um, maintain that output. Yeah. So I had to just, I just reduced the volume. Um, I kept the intensity. If it was a short workout, I kept the volume if it was a lower intensity workout. Yeah. So you have to reduce that um, as an adaptation. I think, I think you, like, there's definitely people out there that get away with it. I mean, you only have to look at the carnivore world now and there's some people there that are, don't even have the organ meats, whatever, and they just go hardcore, and they they look like they're doing great. Um, but for me, that's what I found I needed to do was just reduce that a bit. But it's funny, like my clarity in my mind, focus, uh, concentration, all of that was just like amazing. Um, but once the sleep kind of issues started to come in, then I knew I you know some, I had to change something, and I'm just trying to figure out you know what's the best thing to do. So. I, and I've just kept reading and studying and then um, but just adding in that carbohydrate really made a huge difference. Um, but I, I found that once I did a period after that where I was doing like 500 grams of white rice a day as a test. And the funny thing with doing that is my meat consumption almost doubled by doing that. I put on lots of weight and my weight went up and um, but the appetite increased dramatically just really? by having the white wow. rice like it was it was huge that's interesting so like like i was doing fine i felt satiated every day on that 800 grams every day and then uh, and then as soon as i put that in there it, it wasn't just eating more of that it, it, i had an, ap an appetite to eat more meat as well that's interesting. interesting why do you think that happened uh, i'm sure it's to do with insulin and then um just it's always that uh you know like i don't know if you if you eat rice you always feel like you're full but you could eat more yeah, yeah. And it's that kind I of feeling. I find that with most, uh, yeah. most Whereas meat, yeah. meat, you get to a point, if you feel full, like there's no way you could put anything else in your mouth. Like you yeah. just... Uh, yeah. yeah, your body's just like... Whoa. No, no, that's enough. So let's go to organ, organ meats. meats. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then also maybe what are the best cuts of meat to eat mm -hmm. um, from, a, from a practical standpoint and from a fit, like health mm -hmm. standpoint. So uh, Blakely wants to know specifically, are organ meats underrated or overrated like should you yeah. should you try and eat I, I think they're underrated yeah by the masses i think they they were um something that all traditional cultures valued <clears throat> and we un, we undervalued them uh but you know we uh, a lot of people now are probably a couple of generations away from it being 
something that they grew up with, whereas our grandparents all would have, you know, it's just normal. I remember going to friends' dinners and they would have kidneys as their yeah, yeah. dinner or, yeah, or yeah. liver, you know, yeah. and I used to always go, and yeah, like for we were kind of yeah. raised a little bit as vegetarians because of our dad. Yeah. But um, I do remember it back then, 20, 30 years ago, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe it's just slipped out of, uh, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think that a lot of people now are squeamish. And, you know, it's this whole processed food, packaged food and everything being tasty. It's all, you know, and just market it in a way and then you get an addiction to it. Everything has um, to and, look and perfect it, too, you yeah, know. And, it's and, like they have to colour meat, in yeah, it, yeah, so yeah. that people will eat and it. So, if it's slightly grey, people freak out, you know. Yeah, which is and, actually and if you, and, you know, the, the whole. I mean, really, the whole processed packaged food thing just ruined everyone's appetites for real food, and it just programmed him into having you know breakfast cereals and breakfast, you know, just having yeah. it as something that's like to me, every meal is just a meal. Mm. What I have for breakfast, what I have for lunch, what I have for dinner, it's it's mm. just a meal. Yeah, yeah, but most people. Like you, you mentioned, oh, you know, maybe have meat for breakfast. They're like, well, no way, you couldn't do that, you know. And yeah. It seems kind of crazy to them, but really, it's just a meal. Yeah. And if you're sitting down and relaxing, but it's it ties into the whole culture, um, like we've spoken about before, that kind of high time preference. Everyone's in a hurry. Everyone's in a rush. They just got to have something quick and have it quickly and get out of the house, or you know, throw something down there, yeah. their throat, and not even think about it. Whereas if you take the time to prepare food, sit down, chew every mouthful and digest it. Yep. Then there's, there's um, you know, you're going to experience that and it feels good and you get a benefit. Whereas when you're just searching for quick energy, you just reach in to grab things that are convenient. Mm. Um, and they might give you energy and they satisfy your taste buds, you feel a bit better. But in the long run, you're just gradually depleting yourself from all of these nutrients that, that are there in those um, nutrient-dense foods in the organ meats. Um, do people have to have them? I, I don't think they have to, but you'd have to have, you know, like, it's like I said before, you know, like it's just a condensed form of food. Mm. It is completely underrated because the animals, that's all they're doing is condensing it. And the organ meats are, you know, the, the storehouse of the nutrition. Like people go, oh, your liver's its organ of detoxification. No, it's a, it's a storehouse of nutrition. Yeah. It's what your body calls on when it needs things. Um, so when you're consuming that, you're consuming that body of work. Uh, the animals out there, you know, ruminating all day, condensing that grass and that sunlight for you. And then when you consume those organ meats, you're just getting, you know, highly concentrated nutrition um, for your body. Um, and and like now we have the whole freeze drying thing. So you've got ancestral health and you've got um, heart and soil and a lot of these companies doing the freeze dried ones. So it's very easy. I personally, I just have the organ meats. I like them. You know, I don't have an issue with them. Um, so I'll, I'll usually have about 100 grams of liver a day or some kidney a day and I'll just sear it lightly. Um, when I did the carnivore diet, I did probably 75% of what I was eating raw, which yeah, is really? pretty extreme for a lot of people. But And so when you say nose to tail, is just everything. explain that. That's everything. So yeah. you literally eat the eyeballs. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> the head if you can get it. But a lot of, like now you can't get a lot of the brains and all those things just because of the way the processing works yeah so i mean there is one company that does a really good thing called property meats i'll drop them because they're i really believe in what they're doing so they do on-site processing so they have a like a a series of trucks that go around on site and actually <coughs> process animals there and then another friend of mine um ethical farmers that's where i get most of my meat so it's kind of like a mobile there. abattoir sort of yeah, thing yeah, exactly yeah, right. i mean one of the biggest problems that we had in australia and america um was the centralization of processing of animals yeah because it just got rid of all small farmers and made it impossible so it's get big or get out 
Yeah, and it's right. the same with the whole food industry that people don't understand that, you know, they're eating a commodity, they're eating a, a, a product yeah. that, you know, like it, food is a technology in the sense that, you know, when you could take something that was perishable and make, put it on a shelf for three months, yeah. like that is amazing. And you could eat it and not die. That's yeah. even more amazing. But then you can stockpile it. So it's, it becomes a, you know, a resource that you can move across distance. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty phenomenal in, in the sense of being able to keep people alive. But what, what, what cost? You know, at what cost for our own health? And then when you centralize, you know, or when we centralize the abattoirs, basically, you know, unless you can make it a viable margin to get your body to the abattoir, like to a large one and get a decent cut there, like it just doesn't make it viable. Whereas if you've got one in every town and you've got a small farmer and you're only producing X amount of cattle and you can just walk your cattle there, that, it just takes out all those overheads and it just keeps it local and keeps it um, decentralized, which I think, you know, there's more people that are switching onto that now. Um, but there's so many regulations and everything like with, with abattoirs, like this, this group that set up Provenir Meats, which is awesome, you know, a doctor, a, a vet, a, um, a lawyer, a farmer, they got together to form that, which is really cool. Like it, I really believe in that as a way forward for people to get more connected to their food supply, to really understand that, you know, what they're eating and where it's coming from. Um, and and that has huge value for your health, just in terms of just look at look at what's happened in the last you know two years in terms of food security. Um, if you know where it's coming from, you have a personal relationship with someone, and you know that the money you're offering to them and you're paying to them is making that that ecosystem more viable, more secure, so it can keep producing food for you for longer. Like if that's not an investment in your future, I don't know what is. Yeah. like that's that and your own health like and that you know that that life force energy whatever you want to call it is coming through that ecosystem and you're ingesting that and expressing that with your everyday today movements i mean that's just beautiful like that that's life right there mm. um but to consume stuff that you just don't have a clue that's sitting in a box in plastic and it's you know you're just like and yeah. it's coming from everywhere you don't know where it's coming from i mean it, some of it being shipped to China, packaged and oh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's um, and then, you know, like all the ingredients under a certain amount don't have to be listed. And then you, you, you spoke about the vegetable oils. I mean, so that's the next question. Let's get yeah. into that one now. So the, the second question actually comes from Blakely again as well. And mm -hmm. I'll just mention it again. He wants to know, should you really avoid polyunsaturated fatty acids, i.e. canola oil, sunflower oil, etc., and why? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think of the whole energy thing, I mean, it's great that we can condense that energy. Um, we're using factory farming to be able to harvest grain, seeds, nuts, legumes, whatever, and condense them into this oil that's, you know, that's a huge amount of energy. But when they're doing that and they're processing, the, 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 the process of that is, um, you know, it's a chemical process. And then what you're getting after is something that's completely denatured and it's pro-inflammatory for your body without a doubt. Like it's just, and it's, devoid of any um, nutrition that's beneficial for you. Uh, so you ingesting all of those polyunsaturated fatty acids, which are highly inflammatory in the body, and then you only have to look at the correlation between nutrition and cancer, heart disease, all the things, obesity, diabetes, all of these things that have come up with the introduction of processed foods. And that the, the foundation of that is these processed seed and vegetable oils, which 
you know, like the demonization of animal fats, which are stable and, you know, highly digestible and beneficial for humans. And it all comes down to this whole thing that thinking that animal fat causes heart disease. Mm. Uh, when you have millions of years of evolution and humans consuming animal flat, but it's a stored battery basically that allows you to live for longer and, you know, and allows the animal to live for longer by storing fat on their body. Um, somehow that's become bad for us and it's killing us now. But these seeds that um, we've never been able to compress in the way that we are now with machinery and with the chemical process is somehow healthy for us. Mm. Um, it, you know, just in, without even knowing any of the um, biochemical you know, kind of structure of what, what, what's happening there, just, just thinking of it in that way, like one is completely unnatural and unprecedented and the other one has been going on for millions of years so which do you think is going to be more beneficial for the human digestive tract and for the human body also there, there must be something in the idea that our digestive system evolves with the foods that we eat yeah, over time and then so we've evolved over over tens of thousands yeah. of years to consume foods that were found in nature and you know it's only been in the last hundred years or less where we've just had this radical change in the way that foods are, are put on our plates that yeah uh, and that was you know where we started to see this yeah. um you know emergence of obesity you know it's it's quite funny when you look at um pictures from even we were watching a couple of film clips from the 80s yeah. uh, the other day and every single one of the musicians would be called anorexic today. yeah yeah they just look people just look different skinny, back then yeah. You know, and, and and we get people like us get called Yanni and I get called skinny by our friends. Yeah, and it's like we're not skinny at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this isn't skinny. This is just healthy. This is yeah. just yeah, yeah. It yeah, is sad. It is sad. And then what's accepted as normal now is you know a, an inflamed person. I actually saw. I liter literally scrolled past a post uh, from Women's Health on Instagram yesterday, and the headline was "This is normal," and it was of a fat chick in her underwear. Yeah. And she was like decently overweight. Like well, with the by the old score, she'd be bordering on obese. Yeah. And, and it's and it's average and it's normal by today's standards because that's what is everywhere. Yeah. Is it right? Is it healthy? I don't know. You know, like it's. That's everyone's yeah. choice, and I guess it's their free choice. But the thing is that it, it's what's convenient. And it comes down to, you know, like what's, like I always think of, think of the problems that we have and think of our, our monetary system and think of inflation because, as an example, someone who just watches Netflix, eats processed food, is renting and just living paycheck to paycheck and just kind of doing that cycle, they're not really going to notice inflation. Yeah. Because they're not trying to, they're not living and connecting with real things in terms of like uh, uh, real food because the price of real food is going to go up like and meat's going to go through the roof with all the carbon taxes and stuff that are coming. Um, but then also, you know, if you're having to buy a house, obviously, you know, in, in Sydney, it's doubled in the last two years to buy a house. Like it's just crazy in the eastern suburbs, especially. It's, um, but so you really, yeah, like if you're trying to do more than the average, yeah, you, 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 you really notice yeah. it. But if you're just there, you know, you're happy with eating the processed food and just eating all this crap, you just don't really realize how much things are changing and how, how, um, how you're able to just live what you think is a normal life. But really, you're only able to get these foods so cheap. One, they're subsidized. And two is economies of scale. Mm. So these, the, the whole you know, industrial complex that condenses these foods is just on such a big scale and they can 
do things in, in such a high volume that they can keep the prices down. And that there's not really uh, uh, a lot of nutrition in there. What there is, is just all they're trying to do is just make their small margins. Mm. So you're getting things that aren't really of value. You're just getting products. You know, you, you're not actually getting real food. It's actually interesting. I watched a podcast on on this topic, on the inflation topic in America, what's happening right now at that um, it's sort of it's just leaking out yeah. that food companies are actually putting less and less and less in the same size packages yeah because it's because the inflation so they is can going keep, up so, so they, they can, can keep, keep their margins you know yeah. and so you know they're sneaking it where it, you know it used to be 250 oh, yeah. grams but is you, now 240 but the whole grams. the whole <laughs> food the industry like package. all grains everything that's all subsidized <laughs> yeah. and you only have to look after the second world war what happened yeah. and that's why people are eating the way they are is because they wanted food to be cheap for everybody but they put they put all these subsidies into uh, these companies that were producing processed food. Yeah. So it made it more viable. So, you know, and, and that was like the birthplace of what we have now, which is all these unhealthy people, heart disease, uh, and, you know, the problems that people are having uh, to do with, you know, the food scientists. I mean, it's a technology that the people are highly addicted to these foods. Yeah. And it's easy and it's cheap, you know, like Uber Eats, all these things, people just get it delivered. And people think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm healthy. I just have, you know, I eat these really simple foods. But if you're eating out, you're eating vegetable oils because there's no kitchen that, can afford that, it. <laughs> that will will spend yeah. the money on just getting using coconut oil or animal fats for mm. cooking their food in. Yeah. I mean, you might get a you might get a slow cook thing where they haven't added any extra oil, but if they're searing or grilling or doing anything like that, you're guaranteed to be eating vegetable Most oils. Oil, and yeah. the, and if you're eating those, they're rancid, and yeah. you know that stuff is just free radical damage. You're yeah. basically just damaging your body. And people think, you know, like uh, they look at, you know, you look at your body and like all your skin cells, every cell in your body has a, has a membrane there, the cell membrane. If it doesn't have good quality saturated fats there, it's leaky. You know, and all these disease processes that everybody is suffering from, it's because you're constantly replacing all your cells with these crappy fats. And that's why you get sunburned. Like one of the things that, that I, I have seen over and over again where clients have taken all the vegetable oils out of their diet, they can go in the sun all day and not get burned. Yeah, really? Wow. Because their, their cells are actually healthy now. Wow. You know, and, it's, and this whole thing with you know, obesity, um, you know, and, and it, yeah, there's a lot of people doing low-carb diets, all of that. But if you're doing a low-carb diet or a keto diet and you're having all these vegetable oils, it's not going to work. You might lose some weight, you'll lose some fat, but you're going to be unhealthy, man, like big time. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then you, once you damage your mitochondria from consuming just all these vegetable oils that are rancid and processed and damaged, um, your mitochondria will not, that better oxidation pathway will be broken. So you can, you know, do everything. You can fast, you can do whatever, but you're really going to struggle. There yeah. you go. So let's just quickly recap, uh, which was, this was an, an incredible conversation. Um, definitely stay away from polyunsaturated fatty acids, yeah. Blakely. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we all agree that organ meats are underrated. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and if you guys, you know, we could go, we could, we could talk for hours on these topics with, with, uh, Azza, but frankly, um, we'll, we'll the, get him the, back in again yeah, and we'll, we'll go the, deeper on this topic, the, but there simply won't be enough time. But what we want to do, if you want to get in touch or if you want to learn more from Aaron, uh, he can be found on Instagram is probably the easiest way at origin of energy. 
and you can also book in a consult for yourself either in person or online with Aaron at originofenergy.com. Uh, he is an incredible movement coach and he's an even more incredible lifestyle coach, quite frankly, like and the I way can, he comes out of his stuff. And I can guarantee you that if you, if you do any work with Aaron, it's going to change your life. If you're willing to do the work and you are looking for answers from somebody that's really put in the time to research what, uh, what a human body needs to thrive. Um, Aaron is, has been my go-to guy, uh, for info for, for 20 years, and it's going to be a really good use of your time. So check him out, uh, at originofenergy.com. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Aaron. And yeah, thanks. Thanks, uh, thanks, Phil. My pleasure. Right. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. Thank you. Awesome.